Happy Juneteenth, everybody. This week, we're going to be talking about now that Summer Game Fest is over, has Jeff Keighley finally conquered E3? Even though Overwatch 2 canceled its store DLC, it's now offering that same, quote unquote, same DLC, but for a price. Is that fair? PlayStation begins testing game streaming, but will only offer to a select number of players. Find out if you are that select player group base. I don't know. And then we talk about Call of Duty Season 4, the demos for Final Fantasy 16, and Lies of P. All of this and more on Season 7, Episode 24 of Press X Start Gamers Digest. There needs to be a Juneteenth anthem. Is there a Juneteenth anthem? I feel like there's probably a Juneteenth anthem with them already. Uh, let's every voice and sing. <laughs> yes, but the black version. All right. That is, that, that is the... Okay. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Turn your card. Turn your card. All right. What's everyone? I'm your host, teacher, a.k.a. Sexy That a.k.a. Happy June. For the hundreds of companies that celebrated it today, and not everyone who celebrated it today, it's it's a thing. This is your one, everyone. Next year, everybody will have the day off. I am joined by. Oh, I'm Sean MF Ross. <laughs> what does the MF stand for? Uh, I have to share Father's Day with my daughter because her birthday is on Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last up but not least, up. It's me, Avery. How you doing, Avery? Uh, I guess. Excellent. <laughs> That's a great Excellent. answer to that question. <laughs> All right, everybody. Before we start, we, we got to let you know that we're having a little different energy. Normally, we record every Sunday at 3 p.m., but because yesterday was Father's Day and, you know, two out of three of us are fathers, we decided to push this to Juneteenth because we're also, you know, black. So it kind of works out. It remains to be proved. Oh, yeah. And he has a happy bouncing Bulbasaur in the background, man. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I am 100% now, Father. I don't want that energy in there. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need that drama in my life. <laughs> All right. Now you know who we are and why we're doing this. The time we're doing this. Press X Star Gamers Digest is a video podcasting and has the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour long meal just for you. Normally, we're live on YouTube every Sunday at 3 p.m. Today, as I said, it's a little special. Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hit the notification bell. If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are currently tuned in on. If you want to join in our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. All right. Now, let us jump into the gaming news. Guess what? Surprise, guys. I'm taking number one. All right. As I said at the top of the show, Summer Game Fest is over. We're going to do a little wrap up because the last time we talked about it, we were kind of in the middle of it. We still had the Ubisoft conference or Ubisoft showcase and the Capcom showcase to look quote unquote forward to. And now that's all done and said, we can kind of just talk about the big games that they dropped ish. And then we can just talk about the show as a whole. So I am starting with Ubisoft Forward. It was their first in-person conference that they had. They started off with Just Dance. 
Just Dance is Just Dance. And then they had other games. The big things that they showed that everyone was waiting for was the first one was Star Wars Outlaws. This is a massive, massive, right? As a developer for this one. Yes. And I think it looked pretty good. So this was a really, really interesting trail they showed because they showed the main character. Her name is, and it eludes me, anyone? The main character's mm-hmm. name? I don't know. Okay. I'm not into that type of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, what they showed, I think, looked really good. It was, it was really cool. It gave off um, GTA vibes. And I think coming off of Star Wars Survivor, that is kind of something that I'm looking for right now. Oh, her name is, was it Kay? Yes, her name is Kay. Mm-hmm. And her little companion's name is Nyx. There you go. Nailed it. Um, so yeah, like them showing this, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of like cool. I'm really driving with this trailer. Like I'm really driving with this game. Uh, we didn't get a release date for it. So we don't know exactly when this is actually coming and how much of this footage is actually going to be representative of the actual game. So you always have to take that with a grain of salt. So yeah, Sean, you said that you, you're not really did this this didn't appeal to you at all. I'm not into Star Wars like that. Like I saw yeah. Hogwarts, everybody was gushing over Hogwarts, and I never mm-hmm. got it. I was like, yeah. So I don't see myself switching up to go jump on, you know, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. Okay. And then Avery, does this do anything for you? I have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, you didn't watch it? Before? Star Wars Outlaws. I didn't watch either. Uh, so okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, it, it looked cool, but. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I think this is the because I you know my only reference for this is that it's a Star Wars game. So I'm comparing this with the previous Star Wars game that you know most of us played, which is Jedi Survivor. And I think Jedi Survivor has open world bits, whereas this is marketed as a open world game with Star Wars, you know, the wrappings. And I think what they showed kind of gave that feel. Like you start on a planet. You take this job and it kind of goes awry. Like the trailer starts with you like mid-mission. And there's also like decision trees that happen. So the flavors that they're giving, it is very much so like you live in this world, much like GTA. And I think that's a good route to go. And I also love the text usage and the the UI of it because that appeals to me. And this feels more like a Star Wars thing than Jedi Survivor has in terms of the font choices and like the 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 layouts and stuff so yeah so i'm actually pretty interested in this um yeah so let me switch off to the other game that was shown and i personally was less interested in it is avatar so this is another big one that a lot of people was you know looking forward to because Everyone and their mama loves Avatar and as much hate as James Cameron gets for how long it takes to make these things, when it drops, it does gangbusters because everyone just loves blue people, you know, smarts. Um, So I'm showing this to me, this kind of missed the mark in terms of, you know, watching way of the water and then getting this and just like, ah, this, but then like, it's one of those things where for me, I don't know exactly what I would want from an Avatar game because I feel like the ideas of Avatar is pretty basic when you put that into a video game because it's just like, well, you know, you just you. Not everything needs to be tied to alternative media. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I think I think Avatar does work best as a movie and not necessarily as a video game. Mm. Yeah. So did this do anything for you, Sean, when you saw this? Same thing. No. Yeah. Um, like what? Why do they all need? Yeah. What, what is yeah. the point of this? Why does this exist? Yeah. Other that's than trying to cash yeah. in on the Avatar name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm totally right there with you. Give people a TV show that explores more of the lore, you know, prior to them getting to whatever the hell the name of the planet is, you know. Why do they switch from unobtainium to whatever the juice of life shit is in the second movie? Like, <laughs> you mean Gatorade? <laughs> yeah, that's what they, you know, got the electrolytes. Um, yeah, it, we didn't need a game. Yeah, but I'm right know. there with you though. I, I think I don't necessarily think that this is great. I don't know. Yeah, um, that was pretty much Ubisoft. They had a, a couple other games, but I think this was pretty much the quote unquote heavy hitters for their uh, yeah. showcase. Yeah. So that was that. And then we had the Capcom showcase. Oh, actually, Avery, Avatar. Does that do anything for you? Were you excited uh, for the Avatar game? Uh, I haven't seen any of it, but uh, as a card carrying Avatar fan, and someone mm-hmm. who generally likes Massive the Studio, mm-hmm. I would be interested in an Avatar game. It just depends okay. on how they want to do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, that's good. Like, because like I'd I'd probably say like I would describe myself as a person who likes Avatar, but I wouldn't say I'm an Avatar fan because I I can't really recite the lore or anything like that other than like you know the, the blue people got attacked by the white people and you know. Pocahontas or something. So yeah, like I, I, yeah. So that that's cool that like you're interested in that. So the other showcase we got was mm-hmm. Capcom showcase, and that was if you don't know, guys, I, DJ, aka Donald, aka Sexy Bad Choices. I'm a Dragon's Dogma fan. You should know this by now, right? And he, Capcom makes Dragon's Dogma, and Capcom showed Dragon's Dogma too. They had a deep dive. That's exactly what I wanted. This showcase did not need to happen. I'm gonna go ahead and just say right now, the showcase did not need to happen. Uh, the 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 biggest part of this showcase that happened was they finally showed a bit more of a game that I know that Avery is really excited for, called Pragmatic. Avery and Sean. Oh, I'm sorry, and Sean. Yes, yes. Both of you are are so excited for this game. They showed this a trailer on my list since the PS5 reveal. Yeah, right. And it's a really cute uh, trailer where you, you see like the, the the main character, the girl, is doing some kind of doodle while the other main character, the, the guy who's like the soldier, is literally fighting for her life. And like, it ends with you seeing the end of the doodle, and it's literally just like, I'm sorry. And you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. They're very sorry. And you see, like, they, they basically just announce the delay. And it's like, why do you do this? Why would you make a showcase where you delay the game that a lot of people are excited for? Like, what's going on? Like, you just had Street Fighter VI do gangbusters. Um, I think it's just so, you know, people are just like, damn, we haven't heard anything about this game since it released. Is it canceled? Is it, you know... And that part I get though, like I, I I get that. It's just for them to do it, it like 
you were deflated. Like y'all were deflated. Like Avery was deflated. Like when you get the trailer and then it ends with like you're not getting this. You don't even know when you're getting this game. It's just like I wasn't, I wasn't deflated. No, no. I was like, there's actual game footage in that trailer. So now I actually have an idea what this game is. Yeah. And I was, okay. and I was tone, kinda. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I'm in no rush for brand new games this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not angry that it's getting pushed. And yeah, I'm I'm fine with it getting pushed because I would prefer, especially after the tear that Capcom has been on. Already remake is still my game of the year. Uh, take all the time in the world and make sure this game fucking bangs. Okay. Yeah, um, I would say the same. Almost like how uh, they took a year with Tears of the Kingdom to uh, mm-hmm. polish it up and it's getting rave reviews, making sure. I'm not sure how many bugs there are in Tears of the Kingdom, but it sounds like that year did, you know, did it well. And, uh, it did it very well, yeah. And we're going to see how that also uh, plays into Starfield's delay, because apparently that would have been out if uh, Microsoft didn't say take your time. Yeah. So, so hopefully th- they're taking the time with this game and it's going to be the best product possible. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I like that the fact that they are delaying this game to make sure the game is, you know, where it should be when it releases. It's just I think it's it's a little it feels weird to be like, hey, check this out. It's delayed. And it's like, OK, well, I guess didn't uh, didn't didn't Forspoken do that? I don't know. They just they just I don't delayed, remember. Right? I think no, I think it was delayed by a few months, but yeah. Hey. Okay. All right. Uh and then the the last thing that I want to throw up here because it you should know that I am an Armor Core fan. And from software, they put out some um impressions or they 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 had a preview embargo and it, it lifted the day after Summer Games Fest ended, which was kind of weird to me, but sure. Whatever. So they dropped this gameplay demo and I am loving how many people I am seeing like, oh, Armor Core, Armor Core is a thing. Oh, maybe I should go play the old Armor Core. Let me tell you one thing right now before you even think that thing of let me play the old Armor Core. Don't don't play the old Armor Core games. They have not aged well. You might be okay with like Armor Core four answers, which is the fourth one. But like really and truly just wait for this one to come out. It's going to come out in two months. Like just just wait. So yeah, um, they showed some gameplay of this and this is doing everything that I hoped it would do. And like the actual uh, article I'm pulling from is from IGN and the title of the article, it reads um, Armor Core 6 Impressions. From Software used its blank check to make more Armor Core and I couldn't be happier. Mm. And this is from Kate Bailey. So looking at this it's like cat. what is that cat. it's cat bailey it, oh, cat, oh oh sorry yeah yeah okay yeah good catch thank you yeah but like looking at this uh the gameplay it's like yeah they literally was like hey look we're gonna throw everything at this if this game fails armor core is never coming back it is never coming back and like i could not be happier with the actual footage they showed like it literally ticks all of my boxes that i wanted from an armor core game and the fact that like everyone's saying like, oh, this this um the stun gauge and stuff, it looks like Sekiro. It's like a bunch of other soul stuff. And I'm just like, the actual like compact mechanics, it's like Gundam. Like this looks this mm. looks like it plays like Gundam. It's just like a lot faster. And I'm just like, that's so interesting. It's kind of a thing where it's like, 
this is like maybe I should try Sekiro and see like how that is because it might actually just really jive with me. I just never really, really gave it a chance. So that kind of had me thinking like, oh, maybe I should try Sekiro. But yeah, like I am absolutely loving what they showed for this. Um, the video that I'm showing, the actual video that they showed doesn't have the UI. And this person is like, he just kind of mapped out what he, what he remembered the UI to look like. So it is giving you a sense of like, okay, like the way that the combat works is that it is a, you see enemy, you stun enemy and you go in for a melee attack. And it's just like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. And they show like a bunch of different melee weapons in this game. Uh, there's missiles. You can dodge missiles. Yes. Um, yeah. So I would say just go just find some gameplay footage and watch it and they'll do a bigger deep dive. So, yeah, um, that is pretty much everything they showed at Summer Games Fest. Now that it's all over, I just want to start this off by saying, Sean, Avery, do you think what you saw at Summer Game Fest has officially officially overthrown E3. Like, is there, is there any way that E3 could come back next year and put on a show that is better than Summer Game Fest? I'd say COVID killed E3. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. Um, but, this may have been a nail in the coffin, but it didn't, it didn't need it. It didn't need, you know, a nail in the coffin. Right. Okay. Avery? Uh, no, I think the industry as a whole has moved on. So there's no mm-hmm. way E3 can, unless E3, which its board is made up of members of most of the big publishers, unless E3 can wrangle PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox and get them into, the, into a room and say, do this instead of Jeff Keighley Summer Game Fest in any shape or way form. No, it can't recover. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Summer Game Fest has completely just wrecked E3's lunch in terms of I, I think even if they were to come back next year and they were put on a show, I don't think it would be of this caliber. I think Jeff Keighley did a very good job of like shrinking down the month of mm-hmm. news and stuff into a like week. And it, it definitely to me, it definitely felt like E3. Like I also want to give a shout out to um Giant Bomb, Jeff Grubb. They're like, I forget the name of it, but it's like they had their own little like sit down like late or not late night, but like night show where they like had like a bunch of journalists and developers and stuff come up and they just talked. And it was just like, this, this just feels so, so good. And like, I just absolutely loved it. So yeah, that's where I'm at with this. Um, I had a quick comment. Oh, good. I sat there and thought about it. You know, your question, you're saying, um, did this summer games fest kill E3? I don't think it's summer games fest per se. I think it's the way that people consume media. Mm-hmm. With uh, the democratization of content creation and people like watching reaction videos and seeing things up to the minute, you don't have to rely on your favorite gaming news outlet to you know disseminate information from a thing that you you know you couldn't go to. They have mm-hmm. opened it up to the masses now, and you can watch along with your favorite content creator and. You disagree, Avery? No, I don't, uh, I, I don't disagree, I, but I don't think that's necess- not that, that's not new. I'm not saying that it's new. I'm saying this was the slow decline of E3, and not necessarily that Summer Games Fest killed it, but just the way that the companies are bringing it to you direct, and you can get the shit up to the minute. You know what I mean? 
and converse with people in real time versus this is me showing my age, us having to wait for the monthly, you know, EGM or Game Pro magazines. And then, you know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, okay. I understand that point. I still don't necessarily think that it is mm-hmm. a factor in the fall of E3. I think okay. that if COVID wasn't a thing and they had, mm-hmm. didn't have their falling out with Jeff Keighley, no, actually, no. It was Sony pulling out of E3 that one year when they like literally just said we don't need to do it. It was Sony pulling out and Microsoft deciding to move out of the auditorium is what killed E3. Mm. Everything yeah, else. At that point, Nintendo was already gone, right? Yeah. yeah every, for years. That, yeah. Everything else at that point was just, it's just the, uh, to your point, the evolution of media. But I do think the way E3 worked at the time would have still worked and resonated with the wider audience. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the, if E3 didn't um, cancel this year, like what that show would have looked like in comparison to Jeff's like Summer Game Fest show. Cause I think that would have been a very interesting, like, oh, okay. Is it just like, oh, Spider Man, the release date is, is at E3 and it's at Summer Game Fest? Like, is people just more so like just well, sharing the same Where Jeff has turned himself in the middle of Summer Game Fest. Remember, yeah. there used to never be an. E3 show. It was just every uh, major partners who were all at E3 had their own individual showcases that were organized in this specific place and they all had booth space and all of that. If there was no Summer Game Fest, the Spider Man stuff would have happened at Sony's event. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. With no ads. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so in terms of Summer Game Fest, we can just real quick just give a game of show and a runner up. So, Avery, what was your game of show for what you've seen at Summer Game Fest and, and a runner up if you have one? Alan Wake, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I only watched the PlayStation Showcase and Jeff Keeley's, uh, whatever he calls that specific showcase, because I couldn't yeah. tell you. Uh, so, I, so I don't have the greater breath to say, oh, there's something else to say. So I'm just going to... Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'll wait. Okay. Uh, John? This isn't my game of the show, but I know it is the game of the show. Um, wait, are we including um, Xbox announcements and yeah, all that? everything. Everything. Okay, then I'd say um, Starfield kind of just sucked all the air out of the room and then probably like yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, like Starfield was my game of the show and the runner up. It's hard because like I, you know, they showed Dragon's Dogma 2, they showed Armor Core and like I'm I'm bouncing between those two and Star Wars. I think what I saw at Star Wars was super cool, but I think I'm probably going to go with Armor Core because I think that is going to that's that's going to be the game that means the most to me out of all the other games that are coming out. So mm. yeah, Armor Core, Armor Core is my runner up only, and it would be my game of show, but the only reason why it's not my game of show is just because like, I, I just want to see, I want to see UI and everything. So like, yeah. I, it, I'm, I'm waiting for like a bigger blowout that hopefully that happens before now in August. So, you know what? Yeah. I retracted. Like a Dragon Age is my game of show. So no, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's 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 pretty much like that's it. You know, it's over. We did it. I mean, we didn't do anything. We just watched it. <laughs> well, we, we actually we had some coverage. We did it. We 
did it. All right. So before we jump into the uh, news that happened this week, that is not Summer Game Fest. Hey, listener, how you doing? Can you do a solid? Can you like this video? Subscribe to the channel and the notification bell. After that, give yourself a pat on the back. If you are listening, can you please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are currently tuned in on? At, on, I don't know, whatever. Uh, after that, you can join our conversation at Discord by going to pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. Do it. All right. With that being done, Avery, please continue the gaming news. Okay, I will try and keep this quick and sweet. Our first story is from IGN. This is from Christina Alexander. Overwatch 2 charging $15 for access to upcoming story missions. So uh, I want to say about a month ago, the, the big news was dropped by play Overwatch that, hey, the whole reason we created Overwatch 2 and pretty much killed Overwatch 1 is because we were building this substantial single player mode. And it said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, and because of our pivot to a live service game, which we are apparently not prepared to deal with, even though the original game was a live service game that had regular content at the time, okay, uh, they said that they were canceling the PvE mode. Now, a lot of misinformation went around there, but the, the gist of it was that the sort of live service aspect of the single player mode was disappearing. But the, from what I gathered at the time, but I still was disappointed, was that anything they had already built would be there. They're just ripping out the innards of what was going to make it like replayable as like a long tail product. And in the dumbest thing I've ever seen, when they talked about that, they're like, okay, everyone, here's the bad news, but here's the good news. Season five. All right, season five of Overwatch, we're still in the middle. We like, it just started. But then they dropped this, Hey everyone, season six of Overwatch, and here's the story content we're putting in that, that we said we were getting rid of, and here it is. Me and Marcus have had a talk about this in particular, about the, the single player being axed is the reason I'm not playing Overwatch anymore. There's not any uh, problem with the game in itself. I think Overwatch yeah. is still a fine game. Overwatch 2 didn't hold my interest beyond, uh, like, too much time has passed. And Overwatch 2 hadn't done anything new and innovative enough to really make me jump back in Overwatch, especially when I'm more into games like Apex and Valorant right now. So, like, I don't have the time for this. But I did say I was coming back for the single player. Now, the, the, the thing that's pissed off the audience is that the single player, they put a $15 price tag on it. I have no problem with this $15 price tag, considering that I assumed that Overwatch 2, the actual single player game, would be a box product that would probably cost $60 to $70. My only caveat to all of this is... What is going to be the long tail investment for the single player? Because it very much seems like the three missions that we're getting in this season six drop are three that they've already shown off in various settings beforehand to like preview this. And so I can't tell you right now how much of this story do they have to piecemeal out to people and what is going to be the uh, cadence of how they're going to release this content. So like I said, right. if... There are only nine missions that they're going to put into $15 chunks. So I, don't, I don't have an issue with this. If there is 12 missions that are going to put out $15 chunks, okay. If there is 15 plus and they're going to keep just putting out these missions, I'm like, okay, I have a problem with this. And I, yeah. I feel we already have a problem with the monetization in Overwatch. Not in particular like the charge of skins, but just the general nature of how the monetization works and how they're classifying things. I think I've, I've had this right before. There are legendary skins in this game that look just like epic skins. And, but they cost legendary prices, and I think that's kind of fucking dumb. Uh, yeah. If it gets to the point where I'm paying $70 plus just to play the single-player stuff, 
to finally get the story I was promised nearly three, four years ago, then I'll be like, okay, something needs to happen. But as it is right now, I have no issue with this. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Sean, do you have any thoughts on this? It's just unfortunate that they uh, did this to the game just to pivot so hard. I'm wondering if it's a lack of uh, resources or... It's resources. They pretty much said one of the reasons why they pivoted is that what they wanted to do with single player was so ambitious and they didn't have the resources to maintain, to finish that and do the live multiplayer service. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how much of it was planned out before they actually started to take it underway? Because, I mean, how okay. long was Overwatch 1 not getting updates? Uh, uh, three years. You have to look at it this way. It's not just making a single player campaign. It was making mm-hmm. a single player campaign making unique challenge missions for every character in the game, which at this point was 32, and then building mm-hmm. a skill tree system skill for a, tree, a, yeah. an ever-growing group of characters yeah. that had to have, if I'm reading it right, there are going to be three individual like categories for each character with like 10, yeah. 10 plus of like, and they had to do all of that on top of it, and they, at a certain point they realized this is a bit too much, we need to focus yeah. on single player. Yeah. And then, okay, so they're building a skill tier for each character. Which I guess you wouldn't be able to even use a multiplayer. So uh, yeah, I, I can see where they screwed up. And that that goes into the issue with Destiny, where it's just like you've built this character, and then you jump into multiplayer, and you're like, oh, my character doesn't work the same way that it does in single player, and it's like, oh, this feels so weird to me. And like you end up. But I mean, I guess to, Destiny figured out a way around that, all right? Not really. No, still, not really. No, no. It, it just people. Yeah, Destiny's just a good game where people are just like, all right, whatever, I'll just deal I've with it. I've never like, met a Destiny player who likes PvP. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, it, it, you become like either a single player Destiny player or multiplayer Destiny player, or you just kind of figure out how to manage. Both. Like, like for the most part, all the abilities and stuff work. Like yeah. if I if I pick up the Gallowhorn, I take that into Destiny PVE. It's going to fire the same way the gun fires in the mm-hmm. game. It's just that yeah. if there's any like mechanical individual, it's one of my fucking big things about balancing multiplayer games with all the bullshit that goes about with perks and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Why I like the pureness of a battle royale where everyone starts off from scratch is that it literally has to take all weight of that because the power level yeah. problem is that yeah. it's not that they essentially take off your power level and every weapon functions at level zero, if that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, not, it's not that they're taking away any of your special abilities. It's just they're removing your power level. Yeah. yeah. The expectation of what the ability is going to do differs between single player and multiplayer. So like for a person who's not like in the know or just realizing what's happening they're just like oh wait i didn't kill you like a shotgun blast didn't kill you like <laughs> what a, you know, my, my, my five thousand power level shotgun blast should have instantly melted you it does exactly, it to every right. enemy in the game and i'm like that's true but we're all the exact same level zero right now to make this a balanced game right so yeah that's that yeah, i mean the overwatch 2 thing is just like i think uh avery you had a good point of like okay well how many story missions are we getting total and if is it all 15 dollars like if it is just you know, three batches of this, that's $15. Okay, fine. But it if it does blow to be like, oh, there is like 10 of these in total. And it's just like, what's happening here? That's insane. So yeah, it's one of those things where we just have to wait and see. Okay. And our final story is from BGC. This is from Tom Ivan. PS5 game streaming being tested will be offered with PlayStation Plus Premium. So uh, PlayStation has always had game streaming. Uh, they just, after the... I'm not going to say failure because it was still a successful program, but the lack of setting the world on fire that was PlayStation Now, uh, which got rolled into PlayStation Premium, oh, I'm sorry, PlayStation Plus, 
they maintain game streaming. However, game streaming has only worked on PS4 games and PS3. Like it's been locked in the premium tier and it hasn't been for any modern game. Well, according to reports, I think even from Sony itself, that they are testing now streaming on PS5 games. And what they're doing unique about this is that this isn't just game streaming for games that are in their collection in the premium tier. It is for any game that you own, which is pretty much what I, I believe that GeForce uh, now does, except without all the weird license restrictions that has, in that, as, as far as I'm aware of, and uh, Atrox can correct me because he works in the video, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sure the way it works is that it pings like a registry and then it has to individually get a new license for the game to uh like because nvidia doesn't have a marketplace it has to do all this weird shit around it to get the game running on its service H- hence why the xbox feel like quote unquote makes so much sense to them well this is places where you have the service and you're just being access to your own games the most interesting thing about this is that it, the twofold pr- proposition is very interesting it's one it fundamentally brings inherent value to the already weird places the premium tier which yeah. is in a mm-hmm. weird place in that they haven't done a good job of bringing back the backlog of PS one, two and three games the two like really make the premium tier, uh, make sense. As far as I can tell, they've completely forgotten about game trials. I haven't heard anything about game trials, even though they yeah. made a big deal about making a mandate. I'm assuming that that backfired with dead and say, we don't want to do this, but it's like, I then, and they kept it moving, but I, it, I'll look into that. I'm not sure, but I hear you. Oh, real quick, just to make it clear that uh, I'm not sure if you're going to say this, Avery, but like the game streaming is only going to be is exclusive to the premium tier. I mean, I started this with PS5 game streaming being tested will be offered with PlayStation Plus Premium. Nailed it. Cool. Yeah, uh, DJ. Uh, Sean, to your point, there are games that have trials, but the yeah. point the PlayStation made was, hey, every game being made up at uh, this point has to have a trial attached to it. You're going to be offering. And as far as I can tell, I haven't seen that or heard about that from any other sectors. The most other interesting thing hasn't marketed that at all like since. No, because per their last earnings report, PlayStation Plus is fucking booming. And no matter what major criticisms various Xbox Game Pass fans have had, it hasn't really penetrated the market of what PlayStation is trying to bring out with that uh ecosystem but the most interesting thing about this is it adds more value to the q light a uh, project q their remote play device in that oh it's not just going to be a remote play device it's also going to be an easy device to interact with playstation streaming capabilities yeah i think you know looking at this from a perspective of the playstation streaming and that project q it's like oh this makes sense now because more than likely the people who have PlayStation premium are going to buy project Q because those are the, like we'll say dedicated, like player base, you know, even though I'm using dedicated just in the sense, but not necessarily mean like only those people are dedicated because X, Y, and Z, whatever. But yeah. So like, I think it's a really good strategy to have those two things paired together. I mean, of course we don't know when the um, PS five streaming will actually, you know, be public and, and available to use or whatever but yeah i think that's that's a really cool thing to like uh pair those two things together so yeah like overall i think this is one of those things where even if i had premium this wouldn't i mean maybe it would be the thing for me and i no, i'm just I, no i'm i've been very adamant that i think game streaming is 
not at a place that it is right now. There'll be a lot of people who've talked about how streaming is good and it's so cool and the thing like that. And I think inherently it is. But for I know yeah. for me personally, there's no point in my life that like I would need to game stream. Like yeah, I think it's not a convenient thing to me. So like this as a news story is like cool value proposition for people who it really appeals to. But for me, this is not anything that would make me excited going forward. The only question I have is like, is game streaming better than remote play? Because like, isn't that technically streaming? Yes and no. Streaming will be coming directly from their servers, whereas yeah, yeah, no, um, it's, it's 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 inherently the same thing. It's just where the actual processing is going from is different. At the end of the day, it depends entirely on your internet connection. Yeah, yeah, like that part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it it's one of those things. I'm just like, well. Does I would say the remote play depends on your upload speed, but yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm at the end of the day, like, I think this is cool. This is a cool headline, but like in my brain, I'm just trying to work out like, okay, well, what is the difference between streaming and remote play in terms of performance? Like is streaming going to be a better thing performance wise over remote play? Because if it is and it's like, okay. I see the difference. That's cool. But if it's not, then it's just like, well, everyone can just get Project Q and just use remote play and don't have to worry about the streaming thing. But I imagine that there's probably other stuff that's going to be tied to the streaming that PlayStation hasn't flushed out yet or whatever. But yeah, that's that. Anyone you got anything else to say about this? Uh, nah. No? Okay. All right. Well, that has been the news for this week. Before we end the show, we are going to do a little thing about what we've been playing because we've been playing some stuff. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about Call of Duty Season 4 because that just dropped and they just did a whole bunch of stuff. So Call of Duty Season 4, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 4 has just dropped. And with this season, they have added a new map called Vondell. And just to give you some reference, um, it is bigger than Sheikah Island and it is smaller than Almazra, which is the Almazra is the first map they dropped. So it's kind of somewhere in between um, this map has dynamic weather so, or dynamic fog. So some days when you play, the fog's going to be more dense than other days. Uh, there's like I didn't cool realize interac- that. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a cool interactive uh, display map that's in the stage that you can look at it and see what the temperature is going to be for that session. But it's kind of weird because like, all right, well, what is the actual hours that dictate like the session other than like uh, this is just going to be like this for a month or so because like that it, we had quote-unquote dynamic weather in Almazra in season three with the sandstorm and it's like mm-hmm. it was just like that for the entire season and like this season there's no more sandstorm there's just sand dunes there so I just I wonder how dynamic this is actually going to be so beyond that um also Vondel is a map that you have to be pretty kitted out to go into and survive because the AI there are like maybe just a a, relentless. They might be like a tad bit under like Koshi complex in terms of just like they're padded up. They're carrying like guns that are doing damage to you like specifically. (laughs) So I think they just up the damage on everything uh, this season because even on El Masra, I'm feeling shotguns hit me hard from like. Mm -hmm. 75 to 100 meters. I don't know. It just, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to damage. This feels intense, more intense yeah. this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope they, um, 
tune that down a bit because yeah, it is it is a little uh, oppressive. Uh, beyond that, they have added a couple of new weapons. They have added the Tempest Razorback, which is a assault rifle that is the Tempest Torrent platform. If that makes any sense, if you play Call of Duty, you know what that means. Uh, they have the ISO forty five, which is the Hemlock platform. That's the SMG, and then they have these new Tomfa weapons, which is really really cool. Um, to unlock the first two guns, you have to unlock in the battle pass. It's the normal stuff that they always do. So there's that to get you to play the battle pass to hopefully get you to buy a black cell. Black cell is back because everyone apparently really loved the outfits of black cell. I, the skins are really cool. So I get it. Like that's messed up. I just, I haven't, I haven't bought it. Uh, beyond that, they have a couple new operators, but you know, they're sort of tied to the battle pass. So it doesn't really matter. DMZ. Warzone stuff has changed, but we don't play Warzone, so I, we don't have any base to really talk about like the changes. DMZ, True. though. We play DMZ. <laughs> and boy, has DMZ changed. They have done so much to the quote-unquote progression where it actually feels like you're making progress in a way that, you know, having spent some time with it, it sort of to a detriment. Um, we'll talk about it, though. Uh, so, real quick, Sean, what's your... Uh, feelings on dmz right now i am enjoying all the changes i've actually been playing pretty much all day until we uh started recording oh, yeah, really <laughs> yeah my only gripe is that you so like you select your three missions beforehand which mm-hmm. i don't see why they don't just let you just do any mission at all times you know whatever yeah. you, like I jumped in a party earlier and I was just there to collect, you know, hard drives and thumb drives and bandages and stuff. And this team let me on their squad and they were about to go into Koshi complex to go do some stuff. And I'm like, damn, I wish I would have had that active. I can't, yeah, yeah. you know, I'd come in there with y'all and join you. I mean, we ended up getting gunned down by another team, but regardless, I would have went in there (laughs) and joined them. Um, My second these are all little niggles, little grapes. Um, so they revamped a lot of the progression system. So they ripped away all the insured slots and progress and keys and everything you had. And they're having you re-earn them and they have a wallet feature now. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to be able to check all these things as I'm in the mission. Okay, I need three gold bars. I need some gold yeah. skulls. I need drills or whatever. I have yeah. resorted to taking a picture of the screens before I go in to kind of remember. Yeah. And maybe they can implement this if enough people complain. I don't know if anybody is complaining about these sort of things, but past that, I'm I'm liking all the uh, things they revamped and changed in there so far. Okay. So, yeah, so just to just to get back into a couple of things that Sean said, yes, they have revamped essentially everything in terms of the systems of uh, DMZ. So, they uh, ripped away all the insurance slots. Instead of tying them to missions, they've tied them to uh, extracting stuff from the game. So, yeah, so you just, I'm not going to go into details about that. But yeah, so you, have, you now have to extract items out of the game to fill up bars to get your insurance slots, which I think works a little better than having to do like specific missions because that can be more of a hassle in terms of like, oh, you got to do this thing, grab this letter over here, go away on the other side of the map, grab this, put this letter here and this laptop or whatever. And it's like, okay. So yeah, um, they've also added a wallet, which allows you to, if you extract with money, you're able to keep some of that money into your wallet and you can bring that into the next time you jump into the game. 
Um, they have added urgent missions, which is ah, now, yeah. yeah. So it's it's just like, oh, you have six hours to to kill two commanders, and it's like, oh, this is cool. It's just like an extra thing you can do on top of the other missions. The fact that you can't change missions mid match, I think needs to be addressed because now that you have all these like different ways of like getting stuff, getting progress, making progress and like you you should be able to change your missions like mid game. Like as you were saying, Sean, like, yeah, you're going to Koshi. It's like, all right, well, let me put these missions on and actually get like XP for it versus just like missing out essentially. And like depending on where you spawn, your objective may change for the match. And that's kind of why they I mean, I guess that adds to the challenge, but like I, I intended to go like to Almazra City to go kill the Pyro, and um, ended up near Sawa Village. So I found a way to get into the uh, the crypto room now okay. without yeah, the key, yeah, yeah. and I just been yeah. going in there, you know, if I'm nearby and extracting things, and it, it would just be a quality of life thing if they, you know, Absolutely. added that in. Absolutely, yeah. So I think they did a lot to um make dmz a better experience the one thing that i am kind of just like a little about and it also could just be like i just lack a little bit of information in terms of how this mm-hmm. stuff works now is the way they've they've tied the unlocking of the different vests so you have your comms vest your stealth vest and your medic vest and they're all now tied to essentially being the different commanders in the game which are different bosses in the game which i think is cool but they've also introduced like a two plate version of each of those vests versus the yeah. play version that we we're all used to. And to me, I thought, okay, well, I guess I can just craft the two plate versions of the vest and then I have to unlock the three plate versions of those vests. And it, that's not how it is. It's like you just have to beat the commanders to get access to any of those vests at all. And just like, okay, I, I guess, I guess. But then you can also find the two plate version of those vests in the map. But it, it seems like the vest spawns are much rarer now than they were before because to me it just didn't feel like oh i found this three player like I, i'm not really getting that like three player that i'm finding like more regularly now so the other issue that was happening in season three and it's kind of a big thing is the like the whole pre-made six-man teams and like this essentially six-man teams in dmz like (laughs) it's it's an issue and it's one of those things where um westy who's who's a a a dmz call duty dmz streamer he had the opportunity of talking with um activision devs and talking about it and they did say that like they notice it they think that it's valuable and that like um assimilation is a way of you know team building when you know, you're down and out or whatever. You're like a solo or whatever. But like mm-hmm. they are aware of the six man problem. So I'm, I'm thinking about that. Um, that six man that just absolutely demolished us. <laughs> when yeah, we were heading. They, yeah, <laughs> they, came, it, they came in two separate trucks and just swarmed us. And it was just, ugly. bro. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like you're 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 doing your missions, you're minding your business. And then you get like a hunt squad. and You're like, oh, there's people on you. You're like, OK, you're like, I'll right, well, let's get out of here. You get out of here. And you see one truck of three people like, okay. And then another truck of three people are like, oh, they're going to show each other. No, they're both coming after you. They're a whole six man team. And it's just like, oh shit. And it it sucks. It it really sucks. But like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, is that just the the point where it's just like, well, you know, sometimes you're just 
on the the tail end of the stick, unfortunately. And that's just what it is. But yeah, I, I hope that there is some kind of balance that happens with that because I think six man teams are pretty much the main issue that a lot of people have with the game right now. Other than that, this game is just a very, very, very good experience. Very, very fun game if you're into this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Did I? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. That's it. Okay. Uh, let us talk about the Final Fantasy 16 demo. Sean, you have played more of this demo than I have. What's your impression? You didn't finish the demo? I, I didn't get a chance to do the second part of the demo. I didn't do the second part either. I didn't want to spoil. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, Because it's much further point. along in the story, so I, I, yeah. had no, I know I'm going to get it, and that portion of your progress doesn't carry over, so... Uh, okay, um, okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't want to trog through that, because I'm not going to play this game multiple times. I'm sure some people play yeah. Final Fantasy games multiple times. Shit, I know this is off-topic random. I heard somebody's on their second rewatch of One Piece, like... <laughs> wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Some of these things, uh, you know, That's there's there's a big enough backlog to where I don't want to have to play certain things more than right. twice if it's not a live right. service slash multiplayer game. Okay, so what was your what was your take on uh, the Final Fantasy 16 demo? Um, I liked everything I saw so far. It has a very heavy uh, Game of Thrones light, you know feel going on and it hooked me yeah it, it, it thoroughly hooked me and um i know you said uh the gameplay seemed kind of simplistic with this one button pressing but i think it will get more complex and when i think back wasn't final fantasy 15 almost similar yeah it was yeah like i haven't thought about it more it is a thing of like it's a symptom of hey you're playing this game at the start of the game. So it's just like, mm -hmm. this is just what you have to deal with until you get like the different abilities and so on and so forth. I think my main issue was the feeling of progress is a weird word to say, but like I'm doing these cool things and it's like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. super flashy, but like I'm not actually doing damage. And it's I, that's also a symptom of the way that this combat mechanics works in terms of like, yeah, you're doing chip damage until you break the stagger bar. Once you break the stagger bar, then you can do the actual damage that you need to do yeah. to like take out the, the bigger guy. Like the small guys, they go out easy. But it's just like, okay, well, this is just a different loop than I'm used to. And I'm also like sitting here playing yeah. Zelda where I can just fuse a, a, a freaking eyeball to a, an arrow and it does like something crazy. And it's like, okay, this is just, I just got to get used to it. But like overall, I did like the combat itself. Mm -hmm. I think. The, the the parrying i think the parrying is like really cool it's it feels good to do and it's not like super um challenging to understand like every, every time i think of parrying i think of like elden ring and it's just like i'm a person who loves learning how to parry and like getting good at that and it's just like this is just this doesn't make any sense to me so like i i actually love how it works in here um i also have the game of thrones like feel of this and like okay this is interesting. Like I, I'm interested to see how this goes. And like minus my feelings on like doing damage, everything else I just really enjoyed about this game. Mm. I felt like I had more control over what Clive was doing compared to a uh, Noctis in Final Fantasy 15, where I just felt like I was mashing buttons and he was doing cool things, but none of it was intentional. Yeah. It felt like there was almost like a delay to his attacks or like 
input lag in a way where it's just like you're doing a Are thing and it happened. Yeah, yeah, 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on here. Like, this feels like a proper action game, and it's just like, oh, this is interesting. Like, Final Fantasy has made a transition that is just like, hmm, okay, we'll see what happens in the future with this. Uh, Avery, did you did you look at this demo or anything? He, he didn't. He no, don't like playing I, demos. I don't play demos. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Have you? I mean, have you looked at any of the the combat from the demos or anything? You just kind of ignored everything because you know you're. Gonna get no, I'm good. I'll play the game okay. when it comes yeah. out. Uh, in three days, we'll be yeah. playing it. By the time you hear this, unless you're. Oh, it's three. I days. listening to us yeah. live. I will be playing oh, this God. game in three days. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, me and Avery have pre-ordered it. Donald oh. will pre-order it Monday night yeah. at eleven fifty-nine. I have definitely make sure I have a pre-ordered version of this game that I will be playing in three days. Wait a minute. <laughs> the way he said that it sounds suspect. Almost like maybe he has a copy already. No, everyone do. If I had a copy of this game already, I would definitely tell people I know that I have a copy of this game. He's so good. Mike so off. Good. <laughs> he dropped the mic on you, nigga. Move on. <laughs> All right. The other game is uh Lies of P. Lies ah. of P. Yes. So that was the other demo that dropped and uh, Sean, you played it. What was your talk on it? I enjoyed certain aspects of it. Um, I got my ass kicked by the ball. No, I didn't even get that far. I got swarmed in like the little town center after you unlock the uh, the double doors. And I was okay. enjoying it. But then I realized um, Final Fantasy 16 demo was out. And I think I told yeah. you like, hey, let me just give Liza P a chance before I jump to Final Fantasy 16. I don't mind Soulsborne type games. I am not great at them, but I am willing to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. So I may play this if it's gifted to me or there's a sale or something more comes on PS Plus. But um, yeah, there are too many other high profile games that I'm interested in to like jump on this day one. Yeah, I, I think that's that's what it is for me too. Like I, you have to be in a, uh, not you don't have to be, but like for me, I have to be in a certain mood to play games like this and. I'm not there right now. So like playing this, like it is much slower. It is very much so like Souls combat. And I think like the the art direction is cool. I, I think the enemies look cool. I think Pinocchio looks cool. The the attacks, like it is very much so animation based. Like the enemies attacks, that all all that stuff looks cool. But for me actually playing it, it's just like <sighs> I'd rather be playing like Zelda or like doing my dailies in Gundam like I, I just I just couldn't get into the headspace to actually enjoy the experience that I was having so yeah like it's one of those things where I I, I don't even know if there will be room this year for me to play this game just in terms of like what's coming out mm-hmm. so yeah it's one of those things where I, I'm I'm pretty sure this will do well because it as a person who is very like uh thing about like combat and stuff like the combat felt solid in here. It it felt like, oh, okay, this is like I can I can literally take my experience from Elden Ring and just kind of copy and paste it in here and like figure out things and be okay. They added a couple new like attack, like there's like a special or like a super attack that you can do that like has special mm-hmm. traits to it and so on and so forth. So there is like stuff that you can get deep with in terms of the combat. So all that stuff is great. It just wasn't for me right now, essentially. But yeah, overall, yeah. it's a good demo. So yeah, that's that's it. A bit of a jam-packed one, but uh, we did it. All right, 
thank you, everyone. Thank you for following us down this path of another episode of Press X Star Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps. You can like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. You can join our Discord by going to pressxnumber2star.com slash Discord. There, you get all the cool conversations and stuff. Like recently, I just shared the trailer to, to Craven, the, uh, the, the lying guy, apparently, from Spider-Man. And it's, it's a hoot. It's a hoot. That trailer's a hoot. Like an owl. Anyways, you be safe. You take care. You play more games. Happy belated Father's Day to those fathers who are listening. Happy Juneteenth to the people who are watching slash listening today. Um, also, Ubisoft. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. You you be you be soft. That's, that's a weird thing to say. But yeah, you know, you take care. You enjoy. Have a good time. All right, y'all. Peace out.